This is the Primal Ryan Podcast, and I'm Ryan Parnum, and I am passionate about helping average, everyday adults achieve great health. The ideas, opinions, and topics discussed in this podcast are mine and my own. None of what I say constitutes as medical advice. Please get clearance from your medical provider before embarking on any sort of nutritional or exercise program. What's up, everybody? Ryan Parnum here, and this is the Primal Ryan Podcast. I'm a little bit uh, behind on keeping up with some of these uh, episodes I've been wanting to put out, but hey, better late than never. Um, All right, so there's a lot of health and fitness and nutrition lies and misconceptions, and it can be really confusing to kind of know what to do because you hear, um, you know, uh, eating meat is bad for you. Some people even say eating vegetables are bad for you. Uh, there's a lot of people who are cardio zealots. There's people who have, uh, misconceptions about strength training, all these different things. So this is probably going to be a two or three part series, um, where I will address a lot of these things. Today we'll be primarily focused on some nutrition lies and misconceptions. So let's dive on into it. First of all, first um, lie is that um, eating fat is bad for you. So for many years, we were told to avoid eating fat because it supposedly caused heart disease. Um, the I think this big push started uh, the big push started in the 70s and went well into the 80s and 90s where you know, the, the studies were done that showed that, you know, eating, eating fat causes heart disease. Um, so from the government on down, people pushed low fat diet, low fat diet, low fat diet. And as you can see from the obesity, uh, rates in our country, this, uh, this really hasn't, hasn't worked. These guidelines haven't worked. Many of these studies we found out later were flawed, uh, not done well, misconstrued. There was data that was left out. Whole bunch of different stuff. Um, what's the truth about this? Well, as with anything, you know, context is everything, right? There's healthy fats, and there's unhealthy fats. Um, healthy fats found in naturally in animals, fish, uh, plants such as um, olives and avocados. These are, you know, generally healthy and can even provide, uh, you know, cardiac protection. Such, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk about omega-3 fatty acids, for example. Um, healthy fats help to keep hormones healthy. Uh, they help can lower inflammation and protect uh, your cells, protect your nerves. A lot of different health benefits. You can't um, have an, have optimal health with too little fat intake. So, but just as important as, um, eating healthy fats is avoiding the unhealthy fats. So unhealthy fats are primarily going to be found from the vegetable and, uh, seed oils. So the, uh, corn oils, canola, um, uh, 
there's other um, seed oils out there. Uh, sesame seed oil. I don't know a whole lot about that one. Um, anyways, these soybean oil is another one that, that's common. And then the mixed sort of vegetable oil. So the problem with these are uh, they're... If you think about these plants that these oils are made from, they're not oily, right? Like corn, soybeans, they're not an oily oily plant. So in order to, to turn these uh, vegetables, seeds into an oil, there's a high, high uh, amount of processing that has to be done. These are... Um, made basically in factories using high heat, using various solvents. There's some YouTube videos out there. I did a blog, I'm doing a blog post, a series about this as well. And I, I linked to a YouTube video in my blog post, primalryan.com. Um, anyway, so high heat, high solvents, whereas take, uh, take olive oil or avocado oil. So olives and avocados are technically fruit. Okay. They're not vegetables. So they're a naturally oily fruit. So to make avocado oil in its simplest form, you simply uh, press it, okay? It's so like cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil is very minimal processing. You're basically just squeezing the, the oil out of the fruit, uh, similar to, to uh, avocado oil. So, you know, there's no high heat and various solvents and chemicals to process it. It's already naturally oily and simply just have to extract it from the fruit. So avoid vegetable and seed oils. Um, probably, um, they're not good for you and probably bad for you. They're probably contributing to, um, inflammation and such. And even though they may have, uh, according to like a lot of mainstream people, a better, uh, a fat profile on paper, they're actually caught potentially causing a lot of damage on the insides of our bodies. So eat healthy fat. It's good for you. Um, all right. Carbs. Let's talk about carbs. Carbs are bad. So there's a lot of people that think carbs are bad. Once again, like fat, context is everything, right? Not all carbs are created equal. We all have individual tolerances and differences, right? So an obese sedentary person versus a lean active person, the carb tolerance is going to be way different. Um, the obese sedentary person probably doesn't need a lot of carbs, right? Because they're not doing any activity of any uh, of any significance, right? The exertion component's not there. So they're not earning their carbs, okay? Um, whereas the lean and active person, their metabolism's fast, they're active, they're working out, doing lots of exercise. So carbs might actually help them fuel their training and promote recovery. So me personally, I've done long, long stints of low carb and I did fine with it. Um, I had a hard time putting on or keeping on muscle. I got very, very light, very thin, um, fairly lean in that. But I've realized over the years that I, I'm very active and and relatively lean, so I do a lot better with with carbs, and I kind of time them around my training. Sometimes some before, and definitely some afterwards. It helps 
oftentimes fuel my my activity, whether it's strength training or whatever, but also helps recovery. So um, your carbs are stored in your muscle as glycogen, and it's kind of like a, a bank account. Um, as you use uh, your your carbs that are stored in your muscle through activity, um, you want to replenish the stores. Um, you can think of it like, uh, you know, your car's gas tank as, as your muscle, and then the gas is the stored carbohydrate. So once your gas tank's full, you don't want to keep adding more to it because it's going to spill out all over. Well, in our bodies, when you spill carbs out all over, it's, it gets stored as fat. Um, but if you're using your car and driving it, um, occasionally you're accelerating hard and a lot of the times you're just cruise control, whatever you're using up, um, the gas. So you've, you've earned, you need to, you need to replenish the gas. Okay. So that's, that's one way of thinking about it. And it has to be earned through, um, physical exertion. So another thing to, that's important to know about carbs is that you can live without carbs. They're not essential. Okay. There's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. There's essential fats and there's essential proteins, but there's no essential carbohydrates. Um, so knowing that, it's important to figure out individual um, tolerances for, for carbohydrates. Some people tolerate carbs better than others. Um, that's, you know, once again, depending on, on the individual, like even two lean individuals will tolerate carbs uh, better than others. So you know, you can't just blanket say everybody should be low carb or everybody should eat 100 grams of carbs a day or everybody should eat 200 grams. You know, it's 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 very, very different. It takes a lot of trial and error and it requires, um, you know, just being self-aware and, and, and being in tune with your body. So like not all carbs are created equal, right? So healthy carbs are going to be primarily found from like fruit, vegetables, um, potatoes, uh, and potatoes are one of those foods, the starchy foods where... If you're lean and active and tolerate carbs well, you can have them. If you're not, well, then you may not want to eat too much of them or avoid them altogether. Um, I'm also okay with uh, like white rice for some people. White rice can be a great uh, recovery food for people doing um, like strength training. Aside from that, you know, just the average person who's, you know, not doing strength training or doing much activity, I probably would not advise eating white rice unless it's very small uh, servings. Staying away from the unhealthy carbs is so important for, for uh, long-term health. Uh, grains, most grains, now white rice is technically a grain, but, you know, that's a um, kind of an in-between. It's, it's, it's dependent on the person, but otherwise grains found, you know, from bread products, wheat products, unnecessary, not, not good for you, despite what you may have heard. Um, highly processed, lots of um, potentially um, uh, irritating proteins in them, and I'll talk about that on the next point. Um, so staying away from grains, highly refined carbs, the usual stuff, you know, the snack foods, chips, crackers, and of course, sweets, candy, soda, sugary drinks, those coffee drinks that you go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, and you order a, a grande or venti, whatever, um, sugary drink. You know, some of that stuff has, you know, 800 to 1,000 calories in it, 100 plus grams of sugar, along with a lot of fat, too. I mean, those are, 
very un very foreign foods to our body and our body doesn't know how to handle it and it doesn't handle it well so stay away from all that highly uh, processed refined sugary carbs and these cruddy sugary refined carbs they they make you hungrier they cause blood sugar swings which then causes you to eat more and people really get addicted to it it's highly addictive um and and one tip is when you when you're eating carbs the healthy carbs of course that i mentioned above always pair it with a protein um because for some people even eating like healthy carbs like say a sweet potato for example can cause some blood sugar spikes um and, and don't provide a ton of satiety um so make sure you pair it pair it with a protein so the sweet potato have it along with your steak um if you're going to have an apple have a piece of cheese or two, something like that. Um, all right, the next uh, point is uh, the uh, lie or misconception is that grains are good for me. And I kind of alluded to this above. So grains get touted as this crazy healthy food, but they're not. They're very nutrient poor compared to other foods, such as like animal products and fruit. Um, the nutrients found in grains are... Um, sometimes added to it, but a lot of them are not really, they're not, it's not nutrient dense for one thing. There's not a lot of it in there. And some of it's not very bioavailable, meaning that, um, the body can't even use it. Um, there's not much, there's almost no protein in grains, uh, like healthy, like muscle building protein. Now grains contain a different type of protein, um, not not the good kind, not the muscle building kind, such as gluten. Like gluten is is a protein. That's what that's what makes grains kind of sticky and um, uh, elastic. Um, so that's what gives you know dough its elasticity is the gluten that's in it. And there's a lot of other proteins found in um, in bread products that are very similar to gluten, and these can cause a lot of issues for many people. Uh, things like you know, brain fog, gut issues, uh, skin issues, uh, you know, bloating, water retention, and, and even very serious issues too. Like there's people who think that eating grains might contribute to, you know, their autoimmune issues and that when they quit grains, those things improve or, or even resolve. Grains can spike blood sugar levels in a lot of people. The fiber in grains is highly overrated. There's really no real evidence that it's of any true health benefit, even though it gets touted as such. Um, and like I said, many people report improvement when they cut out grains from their diet. Uh, my own story, um, I pretty much quit grains like 12 years ago. Um, up until then, I always had you know pretty bad seasonal allergies. Um, eczema, things like that. And I had a hard time getting lean as well, you know, like as lean as I wanted to. So, um, I came across, uh, Mark Sisson, Mark's Daily Apple. He's, he's kind of the, he's the founder of like the, the primal movement and such, um, that I preach about quite a bit anyway. So, uh, he had a whole thing on there about grains. And so I said, I'm just, I'm going to try it. I'm going to cut it out. And, you know, within a couple weeks, I leaned out my, and since then my eczema and seasonal allergies have completely resolved, you know, and, and do I know 100% it's because of that? No, but Hey, I'm riding with it, you know? So, um, that was the only major change I, I, I made in my 
lifestyle that would that would explain that. So that's my story. Do I have grains on a, on occasion? Yeah, I you know, like every once in a while we'll order pizza or whatever the case. You know, I don't on a daily basis. I have no grains other than occasional white rice, and white rice does not contain gluten or anything in it. Um, so yeah, I'll have it on occasion, but in terms of a day to day basis, you know, up until 12 years ago, yeah, I ate sandwiches and breakfast cereal and all that other kind of stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's not good for you. There's nothing good about it. So, um, acceptable grains, like I said above, uh, earlier white rice, uh, it's gluten-free, it's easily digested and it can be really helpful, um, when consumed as a kind of a recovery food. Um, when you're doing strength training and if you're lean enough, you know, so I wouldn't eat too much of it if you're not at your ideal body composition. All right. The last point I'm going to hit up today is that meat, especially red meat is bad for me and bad for the environment. This is probably the one that frustrates me the most. There's this whole anti, um, anti-meat, anti-animal product um, rhetoric out there that's bogus. There's no, no evidence, no real evidence that, that supports a lot of these, um, the stance on this stuff. Um, there's zero evidence that meat, even red meat, is harmful and causes cancer and heart disease and all that. There's been a lot of publications and quote-unquote studies out there, but you have to understand a lot of the conclusions that were made from these studies were based off of flawed and and even biased studies at times. So um, using observational data and correlation, okay? So correlation doesn't cause um, causation, doesn't mean causation. So what do I mean by that? So, you know, people that are studying um, diseases, cardiovascular disease, for example, in a population may say, okay, let's look at this group of vegetarians and compare them to a regular population of people that consume meat. And it's like, oh, the vegetarians have lower risk of cardiovascular disease. And then they conclude meat causes heart disease. You know, that's very simple. Uh, it, there's more to it than that, but that's kind of the basic premise of it. And you have to understand these studies. First of all, it's just observation. There's no randomized control trial with a control group and all that kind of stuff. It's simply observation. Oftentimes they use this thing called food frequency questionnaires and they ask people, hey, what, did you, what have you had to eat the last week, month, year, 10 years, 20 years? Like who remembers every detail of that? I mean, it's, it's super, super flawed. And then there's this other aspect called healthy user bias, right? So, so people that are general public people that are just eating whatever, they're eating their meat and this and that, they're also eating a bunch of garbage, probably drinking more alcohol than they should, smoking, sedentary, all these poor behaviors, and they happen to eat meat as well. Um, whereas take a, you know, a group of vegetarians. Well, these people are, they're choosing to be vegetarian. They're, they're trying to make a healthy choice. So they're more likely to exercise more. They're less likely to smoke. They're less likely to abuse alcohol. So they're doing a lot of, a lot of things well, whereas the, the standard population group is not doing a lot of things well. And somehow from that, they conclude that meets the culprit. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So anyways, um, there is no real evidence out there that says eating meat or animal products 
is going to uh, kill you. So what what it does is is raise more questions than it does answers. Like if you want to really, truly study this stuff, then then go for it. But good luck finding funding for that. And if you do find funding, it's probably going to be biased based off of uh, some group that's going to, you know, support a study that, that will, um, um, you know, support it, whatever its platform is. So anyways, so what are the facts? Red meat is the single most nutrient-dense food available on the planet. Full stop. All right. It's not a, this demonized thing that it should be. It's full of B-complex vitamins, zinc, selenium, heme iron, vitamin A, just to name a few, okay? These are highly bioavailable, okay? If you're eating red meat, it's very similar to you, very similar to me. So our bodies like it, our gut likes it, it absorbs it, and it uses it. Plants, not so much. Plants are full of defense mechanisms. Plants don't want to be eaten, and if they do get eaten, they want your body to basically poop it out and get rid of it, okay? So plants are trying not to die for the most part, okay? So they produce all these chemicals and stuff, and a lot of the vitamins and minerals found in in plants are not well digested and able to be used by our body, okay? So the studies on this stuff, this is, these were done in scientific labs, all right? So these are scientists studying this stuff, and then they produce the publication. Um, It's not uh, biased like these population-based observational studies sometimes are. These are like, you know, f- the red meat or whatever products are being studied in a lab in terms of the nutrient content and bioavailability. And, you know, that, that's, that's science that's, that's done in a laboratory setting, okay? And there was, isn't bias behind it. It's just, here's, here's the facts. Um, you know, the other thing about red meat is high quality protein, branched chain amino acid profile that's very bioavailable, once again, unlike plants. Inferior plants are inferior protein, inferior bioavailability. You have to eat a lot more of it and combine different sorts of plant sources together to even sort of get close to the um, protein profile of eating red meat. So, red meat is highly sought after and coveted by. Um, hunter-gatherer groups, past and present. Why? Because if you are hunting and gathering, as all of our ancestors did prior to the agricultural revolution, you're going to seek the highest quality food possible, all right? Um, and, and not only did they just seek the, the meat, but they ate the animal head to tail, including the organs. Why? Because it's so full of nutrition. That's why. Um, I started taking an, I, I like, you know, like I'll eat like deer heart and stuff like that. I have a hard time eating liver in that. So I'm taking an organ supplement by a company called Heart and Soil because it's such high quality nutrition. So animals in the wild, humans in the wild are going to seek um, the best nutrition they can find. Plants are going to be a backup thing, right? If the hunt is unsuccessful, if you can't catch fish, um, you know, then, then you go, then you go to plants. Um, so what about the, the sustainability of it? Right. So I'm not a big fan of the commercial, you know, uh, animal feed operations. Okay. So those are those feed lots with all these, um, animals packed on there. Right. So eating those probably isn't good. It's cruel to the animals and the quality of the, of the meat's probably not as good. Um, but 
On the flip side, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished red meat is not absolutely necessary. Um, you know, most traditionally farmed cattle spend something like 90% of their life in the pasture, and they're only grain-finished at the end. And the nutritional profile really is not not very in, that much inferior to the 100% grass-fed. Um, I buy my beef from a, a local farmer and I've been out to the farm before because I'm friends with the family and those cattle live great lives. They're out there just in the pasture for most of their lives. So um, if you're worried about fat content, um, you know, you can go for the leaner red meats uh, and, and the cuts of steak like sirloin, you know, avoid the fattier cuts such as like a ribeye. And uh, really lean red meats with the fat trimmed off are very low in overall fat and very high in protein and other nutrients as well. Um, there's also a lot of concerns out there about red meat not being good for the environment, blaming a lot on cow farts, saying this methane is going to eat away the ozone layer and all that. Um, this is far overstated. Um, there's a lot of bias uh, standpoints in, in the people that are talking about this. Um, if you start following the money trail on a lot of this stuff, a lot of these people are preaching out against um, uh animal farming and such, you know, they have like in, a lot of money invested into like, a, you know, like a pea protein company or whatever. So you, there's usually always a money trail, right? With all this stuff. So, so are these large operations ideal? Probably not. They're probably not good for the environment. And I, I don't really support operations like this, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of people out there really pushing for sustainable agriculture, regenerative ag agriculture. Um, this is basically you know, grazing ruminant herbivores, so like cattle, for example, um, would just graze on land that's otherwise cannot be farmed. There's millions of acres in the United States of grasslands that are not sustainable, not, not set up to be farmed, that could have ruminant herbivores on it. Um, there's ways to have farms that are regenerative, where you um, kind of like how they used to do it in the old days, where you you move you know cattle from pasture to pasture and then they fertilize and you grow crops and all that i don't understand all the ins and outs of it i'm not a farmer but um anyways the u.s has millions and millions of acres of this non-farmable land that could be used for cattle grazing because the, the coolest thing about um uh, ruminant herbivores such as cattle is that they eat something that's relatively nutrient poor like grass and they have these uh special bacteria in their gut and these complex digestive systems that upregulate all that stuff into this highly nutritious red meat. So um, it's pretty, pretty amazing how they can do that. There's a book called Sacred Cow written by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf that is a good read and kind of lays all this out and explains it. Um, and, uh, and then the other thought is like, think about a plant-based world and just the amount of resources this would consume imagine all the ag fields you would have to have to grow enough plants to feed the earth. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. And then the people that are, um, you know, animal rights people or whatever, like, um, if anybody knows anything about farming and I know enough about farming to know that there's a lot of critters that live in these fields. So if you're, if you're going to just till up millions and millions of acres, you're going to kill a lot of uh, little critters in the process. So, um, I think, uh, uh, ethical, um, raising of livestock, ethical hunting, as you know, as most of you know, I'm a, I'm a big deer hunter. Um, you know, ethical harvesting of, of meat is, is far better than, um, you know, tilling up all these fields and 
killing all these little uh, defenseless little critters, I guess you could say, and, and then growing nutrient poor food. Um, so anyways, that's, that's this episode. Um, I know a lot, some of the stuff is my opinion and that's my opinion. That's why I'm doing a podcast. If you don't like it, that's fine. Um, you're entitled to your own opinion, but, uh, my goal is to challenge some of your, your thoughts on these things. And uh, hopefully this helps, um, open your eyes a bit and, um, gets you at least thinking about stuff. You're hundred percent welcome to disagree with me. That's, that's totally cool. Um, but look into some of this stuff, you know, I spent a lot of time educating myself and researching this stuff and, uh, and, you know, I've, I've tried even like a plant-based diet for a while and, um, I found it extremely difficult. I found it, um, not very satiating and, uh, caused a lot of GI discomfort and stuff. I like to try stuff out just for fun. So, um, anyhow, I'll end it here. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out my website, primalryan.com. Uh, reach out to me with any questions, share this podcast, uh, spread the message. Um, I've heard a lot of good, great things from people and I appreciate everybody listening. Have a great rest of your day. Oh yeah. One last thing. If you could go on whatever podcast platform you listen to, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and, uh, give me a five-star review and subscribe to my podcast. I would truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Primal Ryan podcast. For more information, check out primalryan.com.